Harper coming back to you. It's good to be back and I'm a man in search of my heart and today I'm searching for a fearless heart. I want to get rid of fear. So a little perspective. Does anybody know what a nanosecond is? A nanosecond is one billionth of a second. So to put that in perspective, the distance that light travels in a nanosecond is one foot. Very short amount of time. Now, a little bit of humor. Have you ever realized you really screwed up and then all of a sudden you get to startled and go, oh, no. Okay, that brief amount of time, that instant in which you realize you have really screwed up, that's called an oh, no second, right? A very short amount of time. And we're trying to get rid of those today. I've had a few. When I was flying as a pilot, new guy, as you're in the flare over the runway, you go, did I lower the gear? That was an oh no second. I always did lower the gear and never scraped the bottom, which is good. And Jesus, I pray you'll never let me make that mistake in the future. I need a little help. What we're going to be talking about today is benevolent detachment. That is the process of releasing everyone and everything to the care of God. You know, I'm a big fan of John Eldridge. When I picked up Wild at Heart in 2005 and started working the 12 Steps of Recovery, I got the picture. And it was from that picture that I could assemble all the disjointed puzzle pieces of my life and make sense out of them. That journey has continued for 17 years and borne great fruit. So here we're back to John Eldridge, and he wrote two books recently. In 2020, he wrote Get Your Life Back, which is how to survive in this troubled world. And then he wrote Resilient in 2022, and Resilient is really the sequel to Get Your Life Back. And they've created at wildatheart.org, they've created the Pause app, which follows up on Resilient. It's a really good way to nourish your heart, mind, soul, and spirit in the Word and bathing in Holy Scripture and contemplation. It's a beautiful thing. Now, the idea of benevolent detachment is to move out all the clutter and the worry in our lives because we get all this stuff that accumulates in there. It's like a magnet. You know, St. Augustine said that we must empty ourselves of all that fills us so that we may be filled with what we are empty of. We have to make room in our troubled souls for the Spirit and God to enter. And so the ability to walk away from it, to let it go, not really so much physically, but emotionally, soulfully, the burdens on our heart, that's what we're looking for. This world brings us so much stuff that will attach to our souls, like a deteriorating relationship or some crisis or some global issue we've seen in the news or social media. Now, detachment means getting some healthy distance. The word benevolent, as John says, really refers to a loving act. We're not talking about cynicism or resignation here because benevolent means kindness. It's something done in love. And in this case, the love is for ourselves. Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. 
I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Again, that's Matthew 18, 28 through 30. Pay attention. Jesus said there's a way to live freely and lightly. And the reason we want to detach from all these burdens in benevolent detachment, the reason we need to learn how to give everyone and everything to you, Jesus, is because our souls were never meant to inhabit a world like this. It's too much between all the media and the problems and everything coming down in this world. If you haven't noticed any changes in the last three years, we were never meant to inhabit a world like this. 1 Peter 5.7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. But man, isn't it hard to disentangle and do this? To say, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I've been trying this quite a bit. And the other day, I buckled down and said, let's do this. And this conversation went somewhat like this. I was concerned my heart was burdened over aging parents and friends that were sick. I was concerned about a water leak in my yard that's getting up to 400 gallons a day. I was concerned about relationship conflict with my neighbors and especially some neighbors. And then, of course, I'm always concerned about my task list, the bandwidth, the time that I have for the must-do, for the want-to-do, for the commitments, for my hopes, dreams, and priorities. The bandwidth is always a concern. So, I said, Lord, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. Jesus, I specifically give you the sick people. Jesus, I specifically give you the water leak. Jesus, I specifically give you my time, efforts, and priorities. I give them all to you. There you go, Lord. Take them, especially this one, especially that one, especially this one. And then I go quiet. Now, God waits for a second, and in the quiet moments, and it's God because it didn't come from in my head. I heard this from externally to me. He said, what are you giving me, Bill? Hmm, let me see. I think I'm giving you the outcome, but I'm still required to do the effort to get up, show up, suit up. I think I'm giving you all the problems, but I'll still have to encounter them and deal with them. I'm giving you my troubled heart, Jesus. I'm giving you my worry. It's not my actions. It's not my attitude. I'm giving you my worry. As I give you my worry, I'm still concerned. How is this going to work out? Now, it's very interesting that God will give me a question and like a good, kind, gentle father, very much like my earthly father, would sit there and listen for a long time and let me just blah, 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 and I'm so worried. He did the same thing with me. How's this going to work out? How am I going to do that? All that, which is a valid question, by the way. Little pause, and God says so kindly, let's review our history together. So I'm 64 now. I remember I was so pingy and worried about stuff at the age of 34. And then at 18, I hadn't even woken up to know that there was a presence in my life who had it all under control. So when God said, let's review our history together, you see, I had the benefit of experience. The wisdom that comes with silver hair or a silver beard and no hair, in my case. Uh, the sharing of our stories is important if we're doing this with brothers and sisters of how God has worked in my life. And as I reviewed 
the history together of God in my life. It's true. He never left me. He did not forsake me. It's all worked out. So I said, yes, Lord. It's undeniable. Pause. Quiet voice says, so what are you afraid of now? What am I afraid of? Jesus, I give everything and everyone to you. And in doing so, I'm giving away my angst, my fear, my worry, my disruption, my uncertainty. I still have to go out and suit up and show up and care for the aging parents and deal with the water leak in the yard and all these other things. I'm giving you my angst, my worry, and especially the outcome. So I have been attempting to practice this benevolent detachment. I, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I've been trying it for some time, and that was my most successful event the other day. When I focused on what really am I giving you, I'm giving you my worry. One of my favorite worship songs, and I always get misty when the song comes up, because I have sat there in worship, raising my hands and praising God, and reviewed this same history over and over, entitled The Goodness of God, especially the song by Bethel Music. The lyrics say, I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head back down, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful, and all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I will praise your intervention in my life. Oh, I will give you with certainty the outcome of these problems before me. That's what it's saying. Oh, and I love that song. And the next time I get in the presence of worship and singing it, I'm going to be weeping again having walked through this journey one more time. So when I practice this benevolent detachment process, when I practice this, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you, it's not that easy. It's attached to a rubber band, sometimes a bungee cord. Sometimes I can break the rubber band and actually let it go. Then I'll have to do it again in an hour, in a day, in a week. But I'm learning to do this regularly. It's just this battle that we're in called life, the battle for the heart. And my heart is constantly assaulted by fear. And so I have to call him in to do this. And this is a process that works. Again, Jesus is asking you to release the world, to release people and crisis and trauma and intrigue to him because our souls were never meant to inhabit a world like this. It's way too much. It's really analogous to putting your oxygen mask on when you're in a rarefied atmosphere, right? Way up in the air as a pilot, if you lose pressurization, you have to make sure you get that oxygen mask on. Firefighters going into toxic fumes have to wear their oxygen mask, or in that case, it's just air. We've got to have the nourishment, and we can't breathe this rarefied atmosphere, this toxic fumes that is inhabiting us in the world today. Putting on your oxygen mask is this. It's Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. And once you find that place, fill it with the goodness of God. Fill it with his worship. Remember, recall, go there to all the things you know true about the Holy Spirit. I think it's great to go look outdoors and find beauty in his creation. That's my oxygen mask.
So in my career as a pilot, I've given a few passenger safety briefings, and you've probably all heard them, anybody who's flown on an airline. So let's try this one for size. You're on flight 2023. Good morning and welcome aboard flight 2023. This is your captain, Yahweh speaking. I am assisted by First Officer Yeshua and Holy Spirit, so you have an experienced crew of three to carry you to your destination. As we prepare to take off into the new year, please make sure your positive attitude and gratitude are secured and locked in the upright position. All self-destruct devices such as pity, anger, selfishness, pride, and resentment should be turned off at this time. All negativity, hurt, and discouragement should be put away. Should you lose your positive attitude under pressure during this flight, reach up and pull down a prayer. Prayers will automatically be activated by faith. Once your faith is activated, you can assist other passengers who are of little faith. And note, there will be no baggage allowed on this flight. We have been cleared for takeoff. Let's enjoy the journey. I hope you liked that little analogy. It should be good. This is Bill Harper. I'm a man in search of my heart. Today I am searching for a fearless heart, and I hope I can help you in your journey. Have a great day. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God